wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. The Kansas City Royals did exactly what I needed them to do, and that is to split the doubleheader with the Cincinnati Reds. Coming into this series, you know, you just have to keep treading water if you're the Royals. You talk about competing, you want to compete, you sit, you know, at 10 and, at 10 and 15 right now. You know, you just have to keep treading water throughout this part of the schedule until you're done playing teams like the Twins and the Reds, and hopefully uh, you can get back on track whenever you go play the Tigers and the White Sox and even the Indians that haven't looked unbeatable. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if this Royals team can actually compete. They will have a chance to play teams like the Brewers and the Pirates still as well. Uh, the Cardinals haven't played uh, nearly enough games, obviously, due to all their, their COVID incident, but they look like a heck of a team right now. So that's going to be really your last uh, tough opponent because after this weekend you're done with the Twins, uh, and then you're going to have to play. Uh, you know you've already you've already taken care of one series with the Cubs, and you're going to have to play the uh, the Cardinals a lot. But you, you just need to tread water here uh, in this two game series, and you did just that. The first game was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, uh, the approaches at the plate were great. Uh, it didn't result in all too much. I mean, Solaire got a multi hit game, Witt got a multi hit game, O'Hearn got a hit, Franco got a hit, and Mondesi got a hit. Uh, you know, you tally up seven hits, but just the approach at the plate in a seven-inning game to get seven hits uh, was uh, was was a great day for, for the Royals' offense. It really was. I mean, in seven-inning games, you get seven hits, you score four runs, and then on the mound, most importantly, uh, Brad Keller was sensational. I mean, he took a a no-hitter into the sixth inning. He continues to light it up. He continues to to have a zero ERA this season. Only gives up three hits on the night with three strikeouts and five, excuse me, five strikeouts and three walks. Uh, you know, he lost his control a little bit uh, in that seventh inning, but he also didn't, I mean, he's still having a, a heck of a season, but he also had the, the COVID, so he's only made three starts. So the fact that his arm was even built up enough uh, to try to finish off that game in game one was was just awesome that he could try to finish off seven innings. He obviously gets the two outs in the seventh inning, can't get the third, but Trevor Rosenthal comes in and cleans it up. Uh, I, Brad Keller, to me, needs to be talked about a little bit more, and I think it's maybe time to take him a little bit more seriously. I'll, I'll be uh, the first to admit that I've been guilty of it, too. You look at Asa Lacey, you look at Daniel Lynch, you look at uh, uh, Brady Singer and Chris Bubich and Jackson Coar, and, and you look at all these guys, and, and quickly – Brad Keller gets pushed down the list and gets pushed down, uh, you know, the totem pole, uh, which I think isn't giving him enough credit. I mean, he's uh, this season he's playing like an ace. I mean, you can say what you will, uh, but he is performing like an ace this season. And who knows if that continues or if it's a three-game small sample size. Uh, but one thing I feel confident in already is that he will be a part of the rotation 
uh, when and if this team gets good again. He will be a top three guy in the rotation when and if this team gets good again. It'll just be simply that. So I, I cannot wait to continue to watch his season go on. Uh, I don't think he can be in any Cy Young conversations just due to the fact that he missed those couple starts uh, with the COVID. Uh, and again, how realistic is it for him to have a zero ERA all year long, which is pretty close to what he's going to have to do because he missed those starts. Uh, but uh, his slider is just incredible. I, I mean, it is, it's otherworldly. And I just love watching Brad Keller pitch Josh Stomont. Gets you out of a jam. I do like Matheny going to Stomont there. Uh, I understand why why you know you would you would think it's a tough decision because you look at it. It's a, it's a four run game. There was runners on. There was a, you know there was a good hitter at the plate, and you only needed one more out. So did you really want to burn your best bullpen arm for one more out? And then luckily you didn't even get in a situation in game two where you even had to consider using Trevor Rosenthal again because Trevor Bauer just carved up the Kansas City Royals, but uh, they did exactly what, what I laid out for them. You need to win game one because you don't know what Matt Harvey can give you, and, and you know Trevor Bauer has been incredible this season, uh, and they did that. They laid a great foundation in game one. Uh, Brad Keller was, to me, uh, the game MVP, You know, just the best player in that game, even with the offense having very good performances, especially uh, for the standard of Kansas City, Mondesi had a good game. Merrifield Solaire had a good game. Uh, just, just awesome to throw that shutout. Uh, and uh, I do wonder though, because because Trevor Bauer, we'll talk about it in a second. Trevor Bauer almost had a no hitter as well. I mean, uh, he didn't give his first hit till what the, the I want to say the sixth inning as well, or, or maybe the seventh even. Uh, you know, he didn't give that first hit till really late. Uh, Trevor Bauer and Brad Keller almost threw back to back no hitters in a seven inning game. And I do wonder what what baseball would consider that. I mean, obviously, statistically, and it is a 17 game statistically, uh, and it is a no-hitter statistically. Uh, so it would count in the actual stat book, but I do wonder uh, if anyone would, would take it legitimately. Uh, I would struggle to take a seven-inning no-hit game for anything other than a beautiful pitch ball game. Uh, technically, he would still have a no-hitter to his name, uh, but the fact that it's in seven innings, I think, would just create a lot of... Um, controversy in the terms of uh, the the debate of do you count it or do you not count it uh, in terms of legitimately. You know, I, I think that baseball is glad that both these guys lost their no-hitter, honestly, because they don't even have to deal with that conversation. But but it, it's just one of those things where there are so many opportunities, and you see so many guys lose that no-hitter with two outs in the ninth inning that I cannot count a no-hitter in a seven-inning game as a legitimate no-hitter. As someone, I cannot say, if Brad Keller did complete that yesterday, I could not say, Brad Keller's thrown a no-hitter in his career. Nah, technically, yes, but who knows if he would have done that uh, had we had to finish out uh, the eighth and the ninth inning. But this, this, was a good, this was a good series for Kansas City. I know that the second game was not what you wanted, but Trevor Bauer has been otherworldly this year. I mean, he just simply has, and, and he limits you to one hit and goes the, and goes the distance in this one, and the Reds win 5 2 nothing. After this, we're going to talk about Matt Harvey and his three innings of work. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off that next order when you use promo code Locked On. And Built Bar, you know I've raved about Built Bar forever. Uh, they sent us you know, free packages of their product. They're sending uh, another one on the way with these new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple 
almond crisp, but uh, my favorite is still banana bread, and, and it's going to be hard to knock off that one. I will say cookies and cream uh, might be getting up there and might be able to knock it off, but it'll be hard to knock off banana bread. But I love Built Bars because they're great for pre-workout, great for post-workout. They're even great as a meal replacement. So if you want to lose or maintain weight while getting a, a delicious treat, go ahead and go to BuiltBar.com because they're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. So it, it is just phenomenal. They have 100% chocolate on the outside that makes it taste so good. And their new design, their, their new uh, way that they're making these Built Bars is going to make you want them even more and they're going to be uh, easier to chew and some of the uh, some of the nitpick complaints that people had about Bill Bar they've, they've revamped it they've fixed it they've made it even better because I've always thought they were fantastic so go to BillBar.com right now use promo code locked on get $10 off that next order so I did want to talk about Matt Harvey because Matt Harvey to me he he didn't look good and this isn't this isn't a surprise, in my opinion. This isn't something uh, that, that should be a revelation to you. Uh, but they tried it. I mean, they, they had an opportunity being at home and, and being without Jacob Junis uh, and, and all of those factors uh, to where they could try to throw out Matt Harvey and see what he has. Uh, but I always knew that this was a, a long-term plan for the Royals. Uh, you know, he'll be in spring training next year. Uh, they're not going to be able to move him. They're not going to be able to trade him at the deadline. No one's going to want to touch Matt Harvey with a 10-foot pole. Uh, but Matt Harvey did not look good yesterday. I will say that, you know, the offense struggled a ton. But I just, again, I can't hold it against them uh, that Trevor Bauer was able to carve them up as much as you can uh, not like Trevor Bauer personally, or his personality, I should say. Uh he is a phenomenal pitcher this year. He's, he's playing out of his mind. So is Josh Stomont. Do like 102 miles per hour yesterday, which was pretty cool. The one hit goes to Alberto Mondesi, uh, the artist formerly known as Raul Mondesi. Uh, so good for Mondi, uh, but the, the uh, Reds win. And the Reds series, again, to me, should have always been uh, considered a, a successful series to every Royals fan if they just split. And they did just that. Uh, but I do, of course, want to talk about the big story from the series. And that is, of course, the Reds broadcaster just making... Uh, making a, another black eye for baseball that suffered a lot of black eyes in this last calendar year, uh, a sport that's been viewed uh, from the outside as non-inclusive, as prejudiced, as um, you know, just getting a bad reputation, uh, and a sport that uh, there's a lot more Aubrey Huffs and Kirk Schillings in the world uh, than there are good people uh, for this sport. And for him to use a homophobic slur point blank is, is disgusting. Uh, and I don't need to tell you or explain to you how bad that is. But uh, I, I think that the uh, my my biggest issue uh, was saying that that's not who you are. Uh, whenever you you meant to say this off the air, you you meant for this to go uh, to nobody and to only be talking to somebody uh, who's in person with you. Uh, you didn't mean for this to go over the air. Uh, so you clearly were having this conversation uh, that led to you saying that. Uh, behind the scenes. You clearly were having this conversation in your personal daily life. So I, I struggle to believe that a conversation you had in your personal life is not who you are. To be able to throw around that word uh, and to throw around that context is just, uh, you know, it, it falls on deaf ears whenever you say it's not who you are. Uh, and we can talk all about the way that the Reds mishandled this. Uh, first of all, he shouldn't have been given a microphone again in that game uh, because because of what you just saw. I mean, uh, the, the apology almost drew more attention to, to what he did, uh, which was just 
embarrassing. So that's why he should have been ripped off the air immediately after you knew uh, what happened. Uh, but the apology to me meant nothing. Uh, and 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 this isn't cancel culture. This isn't uh, you know uh, this isn't anything like that. This isn't digging up an old tweet from a twenty year old you know t- from ten years ago whenever he was ten years old on Twitter. This isn't uh, doing things like that. You know, going back in time retroactively and being mad. He said that in 2020 on August 19th, and he said that in confidence uh, to someone behind the scenes because he thought no one was listening. And so that to me shows who he is. And then you can get into the PR nightmare of letting him apologize on the air and he's calling a home run in the middle of the apology as if he's Brock Meyer. But to me, it was just embarrassing all the way around for baseball. It really was. Because he's a representation of one of your franchises. And for him to do that, again, in a sport that has that from the outside looking in, uh, seems like it's not inclusive. Seems like it's not diverse. Seems like it's 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 uh, not open to new ideas. Uh, and for one of your broadcasters, you know, one of your top guys who has called championship games before for baseball, uh, you know, 2003, uh, I know he called the Marlins and the uh, Cubs championship series. Uh, you know, he's he's been on the big stage for your sport. Uh, he's on the big stage with your sport with one of the best baseball markets in Cincinnati. Uh, and for him to do that. Uh, just really does not reflect well on this organ on this you know entity of baseball, uh, much less the Reds organization. And again, letting him apologize was the dumbest thing you could have done. Uh, and, and there's no excuse for it. There's no apology for it. This isn't retroactively getting mad at somebody. This is what he thought was right to say on August 19th, 2020, in in a in a live studio, you know, at Fox Sports Ohio studios. This is what he thought was okay to say. He wasn't at home uh, getting recorded. He, he wasn't. He was. He was in a. He was in a TV studio. The first thing they ever teach you uh, when you get into this is to treat every microphone as if it's live, because you just never know. You never know. He didn't do that, and we found out that he's an awful person because of it. Uh, but you know, th- there's there's not much else to say about it. You know, it's it's disgusting. It's terrible. It's awful. Uh, he'll be fired. I will say uh, that they did have to suspend him first before they could fire him. So don't worry about that. He's going to be fired. But it is just incredibly disheartening that there's still people like that uh, who would even say something to that degree. And uh, that he he just felt so nonchalant about it that, that he felt comfortable bringing that up uh, in a work environment, especially in a work environment where he knows there are microphones everywhere. Uh, that, that could or could not have been on. Now, again, w- whether they should have been on or not isn't the point. You get taught to act when, whenever you're around a microphone to act as if they're all turned on. And it's even worse, in my opinion, that I, that it got caught on a hot mic and, and not during action uh, because that's who you really are. Now, uh, just, like, just like anyone else, what you're hearing over the air, whether it's on the radio, on a podcast, uh, on play-by-play, whatever it is, on a new show, that's not who that person is. That's not that person's character. That's what that person is putting out to the world. And those two those two things can be the exact same. You connect the exact same way you do behind a microphone uh, as you do in real life. Uh, but don't don't take the microphone personality as 100% who that person is. Because as we've seen, it's not. He did not mean to say that on the air. He would never say that whenever he was knowingly on the air. 
but he would feel comfortable saying that once the microphones turn off. And to me, that's who you really are. What would you say when the microphones turn off? Or when you think the microphones are off? It was a bad luck for baseball. It was a bad day for baseball. Uh, and this sport just keeps getting hit, uh, whether it's internally, externally, whatever it is, they keep getting hit uh, with a black eye over and over and over again. So he'll be done calling games. And uh, I, I tried not to add too much to this conversation because, uh, frankly, uh, I'm not the right voice for this conversation. I'm not, I, I'm not the, uh, you know, uh, Locked On Blue Jays would be a, a, good, a good place to start with this conversation. Uh, but I, I just, I can't say anything else besides it's just disheartening. Uh, dis, you know, it's, it's not encouraging. It's, it's, it's sickening. Uh, I, I just can't believe in 2020 we thought, you know, there was someone here that thought it was okay to say that even privately. So, you know, today can be all, all negative, but it can also be a positive in the sense that, you know, go support people from that community in baseball right now. You know, there's plenty of podcasts, uh, there's plenty of, of writers, there's plenty of everything around the baseball community uh, who, who are in that community as well. Uh, so go support them today uh, and help make their day. Lockdown Blue Jays is one of them. Uh, you know, you can go check that show out and I'm sure that, that she'll be talking about this conversation and she'll do it a lot better than I can. But I will say, of course, it is, it is just incredibly disgusting that that even happened. Uh, and that's pretty much all you can say. It really is. I don't, I don't understand how people can defend this. And there are people defending this and saying he shouldn't lose his job. Again, this isn't cancel culture. This isn't retroactively getting mad at somebody because you don't like them. This is what he felt comfortable with saying in 2020, whenever he thought the mics weren't on. And that's who you really are. That's who you really are is when the mics are not turned on. But be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Royals.